I am a creator. Blending art and technology. To immerse our senses. I am a healer, helping us take the next step and see what's possible. I am a pioneer, finding life-saving answers. the edge to the outer limit. I am a guardian defending our ocean. And the magnificent creatures that call them home. I am a protector Helping the earth breathe easier. And watching over it for generations to come. I am a storyteller. Giving emotion to words. And bringing them to life. I am even the composer of the music. I am AI, brought to life by NVIDIA, deep learning, and brilliant minds everywhere. Hi, everyone, and welcome to NVIDIA's 2021 Investor Day. I'm Simona Jankowski from Investor Relations. I'd like to welcome all of you joining us on the webcast and hope to see many of you in person for future events. Let me quickly walk through the safe harbor before getting to today's agenda. We will be making forward-looking statements regarding our expectations and other future events, which may differ materially from NVIDIA's actual results. Please refer to our SEC filings for a description of our businesses and associated risks and other factors which could cause our results to differ materially from these statements. All our statements are made as of today, April 12, 2021, based on information currently available to us. Except as required by law, we assume no obligation to update any of these statements. Also, if we use any non-GAAP financial measures, you'll find the reconciliations to GAAP on our IR website. Today's agenda includes presentations by Jensen Wang, Jeff Fisher, and Colette Kress. Once we finish the presentations, you will have an opportunity for Q&A with Jensen and Colette. And now, 
Please join me in welcoming NVIDIA's founder and chief executive officer, Jensen Huang. Good morning. I hope you're enjoying GTC 2021. It is the best ever. Over 180,000 registered attendees, 1,600 talks from Turing Award winners, Gordon Bell Award winners, Kaggle data, data Science Grandmasters, renowned AI researchers, Yashua Bengio, Jeff Hinton, Jan LeCun, Jürgen Schmidhuber, so many others. 1,600 talks highlighting research on accelerated computing. AI, 5G, quantum computing, natural language understanding, recommender systems, self-driving cars, healthcare, cybersecurity, robotics, 5G, edge IoT, incredibly diverse fields. There are many vertical industry tracks, so be sure to tell your colleagues covering healthcare or transportation or retail so they know to listen to the talks. We announced some important things. Let me describe how they fit into our strategy and highlight some key points. Omniverse, a platform to create and simulate shared virtual 3D worlds. It connects to other worlds using USD, Universal Scene Description. If you will, the HTML of 3D worlds. And it simulates and physically, in a physically and photorealistic way. With Omniverse, you can connect designers using different tools into one world, a shared world to create a scene or a game. With Omniverse, you can also connect robots, AI characters, performing various tasks into one world, a shared world like the BMW Simulator Factory. Omniverse is the foundation platform of our AR and VR strategies, our design and remote collaboration strategies, our metaverse virtual world strategies, and our robotics and autonomous machine AI strategies. You're going to see a lot more of Omniverse. It's a really important platform. We announced the new DGX station, the new DGX SuperPod, the world's first cloud-native supercomputer. It is now the world's first cloud-native supercomputer. We announced three important new SDKs. Megatron to train giant transformer language models. And Naver, the number one internet company in Korea, is an excellent example of why domain and region-specific language model development on superpods is necessary and a trend. NVIDIA Clara for computational drug discovery announced new algorithms and partnerships with Oxford Nanopore, Schrodinger, and Recursion. There's so many more. We announced Ku Quantum, our quantum circuit simulation platform. Running on DGX, simulate quantum circuits in days that otherwise takes decades. Researchers in industry, national labs, and academia around the world are investing hundreds of billions in quantum research. Quantum, QQuantum, will benefit designers of quantum computers and those designing hybrid GPU and quantum architectures, researchers inventing new quantum algorithms, like a cryptographic algorithm for the post-quantum world, to scientists who are simulating science with quantum physics. 
We announced Bluefield 3, our next generation data center infrastructure computing platform, isolating control from application planes to enhance security, offloading and accelerating virtualization, networking, storage, and security. A third of today's processing in software-defined data centers is already in the infrastructure software and will grow substantially with zero-trust security models. The time for Bluefield has come. We announced DOCA 1.0, the software stack for data center infrastructure computing. DOCA will be for Bluefield, what CUDA has been for our GPUs. We announced GRACE, our first data center CPU, designed especially for a giant data scale AI and HPC. GRACE is 30 times the system and memory bandwidth of our DGX, the fastest computer in the world today, just to put that in perspective. We'd expect to see an order of magnitude leap for giant AI models like Megatron Transformers. We will sample next year and ship 2023 in DGX and the giant Swiss supercomputer called ALPS, which is going to be 10 times the AI performance of the fastest supercomputer in the world today. One of the most important announcements is NVIDIA EGX for enterprise with Arial for 5G Industrial Edge and with Arial for 5G Industrial Edge. We believe Enterprise Industrial Edge will be where AI makes the biggest impact in healthcare, warehouse logistics, manufacturing, retail, agriculture, transportation, the world's largest industries. We announced new customers of Drive Orin and a new chip called Atlin and a reference AV car computer system called Hyperion 8. The announcements feature the most powerful dynamics that are shaping the industries today. Accelerated computing is the path forward. And not only has it kept computing performance from plateauing, we've set computing on a new supercharged curve. AI is software that writes software no human can. It has profoundly changed how software is developed and opened new opportunities to automate tasks never before possible. The data center is the new unit of computing. The software-as-a-service trend has caused software to be refactored into disaggregated microservices that can easily scale out and run across the entire data center like it's one computer. AI and 5G are the two critical technologies that enterprises of the world's largest industries need to deploy new products, services, and business models. The era of robotics is here. The first significant example is self-driving cars. Thousands of companies around the world are building robotic services. One of the most important missing technologies is finally here, Omniverse, a simulated virtual world so accurately that robots can learn to be robots. GRACE is our first data center CPU. It's designed especially for giant scale AI and HPC. In addition to chips from industry partners, we now have the essential three chips needed to innovate in a diverse range of computing from cloud data centers to 5G industrial edge. Our roadmap rhythm will combine CPU, GPU, 
and DPU to deliver a big boost each year. We will support both x86 and ARM, and many CPU designs optimize for diverse segments of computing, from Intel, AMD, Amazon, Marvell, Ampere Computing, MediaTek, and others. As you see in my talks and announcements, I'm a big fan of ARM, their CPU architecture, and their open licensing business model. We believe there are a great many new market opportunities for ARM. To engage it, we will have to develop new platforms, new ecosystems, and new markets. These are things that NVIDIA excels. We announced several partnerships to announce to expand ARM's ecosystem and opportunities. We announced that AWS and NVIDIA are building cloud computing platforms with Graviton2 and NVIDIA GPU. We announced that Ampere Computing and NVIDIA are building reference platforms for AI, scientific computing, and cloud. We announced that Marvell and NVIDIA are building reference platforms for 5G and cloud and 5G Edge and Cloud. And we announced that MediaTek and NVIDIA are building reference platforms for PC and mobile, mobile devices. Our combination will accelerate and expand ARM's opportunities. ARM and NVIDIA are great businesses separately. Together, we will create new growth platforms for our partners and build a premier computing company for the age of AI. We're working with regulators in the US, Europe, and Asia to explain our vision for ARM and obtain the necessary approvals. Discussions with regulators are expected and constructive. We continue to expect closing in 2022. AI, the automation of intelligence that can operate and scale out at the speed of light is the most powerful technology force of our time. We're expanding the reach of AI in four waves. First is to reinvent computing and software for AI. This led to the invention of NVIDIA DGX, the Tensor Core GPU, and the NVIDIA AI platform. The second wave is cloud and CSP adoption. The drive to maximize cloud throughput, flexibility, and utilization led to the invention of the Ampere Universal GPU for training and inference, TensorRT optimizing compiler, Trident inference server, and MIG multi-instance GPU, Rapids data processing, and integrated cloud graphics, and a global team of accelerated computing software experts working with CSPs. We've created so much to enable AI in the cloud. The next wave of AI, the next waves of AI are big. The enterprise industrial edge and robotics. EGX is our AI platform for enterprise and industrial edge. AGX is our robotics platform, computing is our robotics computing platform for autonomous machines. NVIDIA EGX is the AI platform for enterprise and industrial 5G edge. Every layer of the computing stack required massive engineering, and a large ecosystem of partners were brought together so EGX can seamlessly integrate into the world's enterprise IT infrastructure. From the bottom up, 14 global computer makers are offering 55 new high-volume servers designed for the world's enterprise. 
integrating our new A10, A30, and Arial A100 GPUs optimized for enterprise data center environments. A10 is optimized for AI as well as graphics. A10, A30 is optimized for AI and compute. Arial A100 combines A100, Bluefield 2, and our Arial 5G VRAN, VRAN stack. All of these servers are NVIDIA certified to run NVIDIA AI, NVIDIA Omniverse, and NVIDIA optimized VMware vSphere. Together with VMware, we did some great computer science. We engineered vSphere to incorporate NVIDIA Tensor Core GPUs, NVIDIA Bluefield technologies, so that NVIDIA AI can achieve bare metal performance in a VMware virtualized environment. This is important because 80% of the world's enterprise runs VMware. We're offering NVIDIA AI Enterprise, a major software product with enterprise-grade service levels for mission-critical AI operations. And to run on top of the NVIDIA AI OS, if you will, we have the NVIDIA suite of NVIDIA pre-trained models, state-of-the-art AI models designed for production and performance optimized to deploy. There are many personas of AIs that we offer, but think of it as sight, speech, language, animation, understanding, and recommendations AIs. If NVIDIA AI is the OS, then NVIDIA pre-trained models are the application suites. Let me highlight one of the new pre-trained AIs, Jarvis. Jarvis is an interactive conversational AI, state-of-the-art deep learning model end-to-end, 100 milliseconds blink of an eye response time, world-class results in speech recognition and translation. Jarvis supports five languages today, English, Spanish, French, German, Japanese, and Russian. Pre-trained models are a company with some great tools, NVIDIA Tau to customize Jarvis to the language or lingo of your domain, healthcare, technology, insurance, retail, customer service of some kind, and NVIDIA Fleet Command to securely deploy and manage your AI to your fleet of EGX computers, end-to-end, top-to-bottom complete. And this is most important. Jarvis and NVIDIA pre-trained models runs in any cloud, and now on-prem and to the 5G edge on NVIDIA EGX. If you deploy to the 5G edge, add Arial A100 GPU, and with our Arial 5G VRAN stack, turns the EGX server into a 5G base station that runs AI services like the cloud. We brought the power of the cloud to the edge. I'm delighted to see the IT industry join us to bring EGX AI platform to the world's industries. Dell, Atos, HP, VMware, Red Hat, Google Cloud, Splunk, Cloudera, OmniSci, Checkpoint, Fortinet, and in 5G, Ericsson, Mavenir, Fujitsu, and so many more I didn't list. I appreciate all of your support. We may have noticed, you may have noticed that the leading cybersecurity companies are also joining our platform. NVIDIA Morpheus, real-time, all-packet inspection platform 
is really exciting and really essential in this future zero-trust security model. Autonomous driving is one of the first mass-market robotics applications. It is also one of the most intense machine learning applications and requires decade-only, decade-long investment. NVIDIA's strategy has three central pillars. First, build an end-to-end and full-stack drive service that we will operate with automakers. Second, build an open platform for the drive building blocks for the entire transportation industry to build AVs. And third, generalize the learnings from drive to create other machine learning applications like robotics and edge AI. On the left is the pipeline. It's an incredible thing that drive autonomous driving requires. Hyperion 8 AV system in BBA test car collects data that our data factory processes into label training data. Label data and omniverse synthetically generated data trains our models. Then Drive AV application runs an omniverse drive sim simulation on real car computer. But in our data center, these computers are called Constellation. And the software is OTA'd into the car with fleet command and tested in BBA. Effectively, a massive, a massive AI computer and a fleet of AV computers that are running continuously in a loop, improving continuously. This is the machine learning loop. All of this work will go into the 2024 Mercedes-Benz EQS fleet. On the right is our AV computer roadmap. The growth in computing is staggering and needed. We announced Atlan our car computer for the 2025 generation. It's 1,000 tops in a chip and fuses our most advanced GPU and AI technologies, the Bluefield 4 data center technologies, the most advanced ARM server class CPUs, years of functional safety and security expertise, and tens of thousands of engineering years of software. All software developed on Xavier runs on Orin and then on Atlan one architecture. Our, our car computing platform that are, offers car makers one consistent and programmable install base that they can leverage software investments across and a growing install base that they can deliver value, value to for the life of the car. We announced Hyperion 8, a fully production-able functional, safe, and secure car computing platform, including sensor, network, computer, and software for data collection, testing, and production. Hyperion 8 is compatible with NVIDIA's entire drive AV stack. Hyperion 8 is a standard reference AV car system that can fit into most vehicles. Hyperion 8 is like the PC ATX motherboard a standard reference that invigorated and accelerated the PC industry. We announced more Orin customers. The transportation industry is quickly becoming a technology industry. Makers now realize something very important. They now realize that the car is more than the vehicle, but an installed base, an installed base platform that they own. And if the computer is powerful, 
and will host valued software services they invent for years to come. This is a giant new observation, and it's transforming the industry. A few million cars installed based on the road, a few million cars installed based on the road for 15 to 20 years, even a few hundred dollars of services each year represent an immense value creation opportunity. Putting an Orin or a few into the car is the best way to build a valuable installed base. NVIDIA is an accelerated computing company and innovates across the entire stack. NVIDIA is built as an open platform with three layers, chips and systems, software platforms, and application frameworks. With the global NVIDIA partner network connected to the layers of our platform, we serve customers and markets from the layer best for them. Each higher layer offers an order of magnitude more opportunity for our company. Our chips and systems market opportunity is profoundly greater with NVIDIA AI and NVIDIA Omniverse. Our markets our company's market opportunity is profoundly greater by offering drive as a service to a 10 trillion miles a year industry and Jarvis to automate hundreds of billions of hours of spoken language each year. All of this is built on one architecture, each layer leveraging and enhancing the layer below. We had a great GTC and lots of new products, new partners and new markets. These are the points that I highlight. Bluefield and Grace make NVIDIA a three-chip company to do data center scale computing. NVIDIA EGX is our new AI platform for enterprise and industrial 5G edge. And this NVIDIA AI Enterprise is our new software product. Others are NVIDIA vGPU, NVIDIA Omniverse, Base Command, and Fleet Command. And I'm looking forward to NVIDIA pre-trained models like Drive and Jarvis going into production services. NVIDIA is a computing platform company innovating across three chips and a full stack three layers. Jeff Fisher will be up next to talk to you about gaming. So with that, I'll hand it over to Jeff. Fish? Thanks, Jensen. Welcome everyone to Analyst Day 2021. Excited to give you guys an update on our gaming business. Every person born today will be a gamer. That's 140 million more gamers this year alone. As gaming has become a pastime for millions more people, it has transformed into one of the largest and fastest growing forms of entertainment. Gaming is no longer about playing a game. Gaming is an immersive social network, connecting like-minded people, building lifetime friendships. Discord, which began with a mission to connect gamers, has grown into a social network and more than doubled its active users to 140 million in 2018, since 2018. Gaming is a sport. Esports have fueled a new generation of e-athletes who compete for bragging rights and has spawned professional careers. 75% of GeForce gamers play esports. Esports influence is growing and the world is tuning in. In the past two years, 
The esports audience has grown by 75 million, totaling 436 million viewers. Gaming is offered, gaming also offers interactive storytelling. Why watch a movie when you can play a movie that's as cinematic and rich as anything produced in Hollywood? And gamers want to share their passion for gaming, live streaming their gameplay and connecting content for others to watch. In 2020, 200, in 2020, 100 million hours of gaming content was watched on YouTube. That's twice of 2018. The growth of gaming is also evident on Steam. One of the top destinations for gamers, where 120 million people played every month in 2020. With 25 million peak concurrent gamers, that's up one and a half times from 2018. In that same time, the Epic Game Store has grown from its launch in December of 2018 to 160 million PC gamers. Gamers are demanding much more from their hardware as well. So our GeForce gaming platform continues to deliver more value. For example, this past year we launched DLSS 2.0. DLSS uses AI to deliver a significant performance increase in games. Running on RTX tensor cores, DLSS can increase frame rates by up to 100%. Press and gamers have widely recognized DLSS as a must-have feature for gaming. We also delivered a powerful weapon to esports gamers, NVIDIA Reflex. System latency is a killer, literally, for competitive gamers. Shots need to be spot on, not a few frames behind the opponent. In the case of Blizzard's Overwatch, which recently integrated NVIDIA Reflex, Reflex reduces system latency by 50%. Now, eight of the top 10 competitive shooters have integrated NVIDIA Reflex. And last, we brought AI to streamers and video content creators with NVIDIA Broadcast. NVIDIA Broadcast can turn any room into a broadcast studio, like my office here. Twenty twenty was an exciting year for our gaming business. Two years ago, we introduced a breakthrough in graphics, real-time ray tracing, and AI-based DLSS. We called it RTX. In twenty twenty, we doubled down. We introduced the Ampere architecture. Ampere featured a new shader design, a second-generation RT core for ray tracing, and a third-generation tensor core for AI. It was our biggest generational leap ever. And gamers who were waiting to upgrade to RTX jumped in. Combined with strong gaming market fundamentals, the increasing production value of AAA games, global esports growth, and an increasing number of creators and streamers, we delivered a record year. Our five-year gaming GPU CAGR is 21%, with growth in unit shift and ASP. Looking forward, RTX represents a huge reset of the installed base. 
RTX was featured in the biggest games of last year, including Cyberpunk and Watch Dogs Legion, and in massive hit titles like Fortnite, World of Warcraft, and the best-selling game of all time, Minecraft. And if you haven't seen some of the beautiful RTX worlds that Minecraft gamers are creating, do a quick Google search of RTX Minecraft. Trust me, you will be amazed. With every major operating system, game engine, and console supporting ray tracing, and a strong pipeline of games on the horizon, RTX is the new standard. Looking just at our installed base of 140 million GeForce Gaming GPUs, 85% were designed to run traditional games. Turn on ray tracing, and like this example of the hit game control, the games become unplayable on these GPUs. RTX, with RT cores and AI-based DLSS, delivers beautiful ray trace games at terrific performance and then some. And the upgrade opportunity extends well beyond this, considering the hundreds of millions of gamers playing on a wide range of hardware. Just look at Steam for a peek at this hardware profile. We believe RTX is at the front end of a major upgrade cycle. And we are off to a great start. The excitement was really high prior to the Ampere launch. If you recall, rumors were all over the internet. Google search for NVIDIA RTX was up six times compared to that around the Turing launch. Since the RTX 3000 was pulled from Jensen's oven last September, sales have been off the charts. With new buyers and those upgrading, sales have outpaced prior generations by 2x. These are end market sales. While demand continues to outstrip our supply, gamers are getting their hands on Ampere. Ampere share on Steam is twice that of Turing's at the same time after launch. More important, as the GeForce Gaming platform continues to add more value to gamers, gamers are buying up each generation. This chart on the right shows the end market ASP of our desktop stack. This was calculated for the six months after each architecture launch. In effect, today's desktop card ASP is $360. That's based on MSRP. That's 20% higher than the same time after Turing launch. And I believe there's plenty of ASP headroom, especially compared to what gamers are paying for consoles, which start at $500. Now let's talk about the fastest growing game platform, gaming laptops. This past January at CES, we launched the, G the RTX 3000 series for laptops. With 70 new, new models from every OEM starting at just $999, this was our best laptop launch ever. Laptops represent a major growth opportunity. As new buyers are choosing laptops, 
choosing gaming laptops to learn, play, and create. Fueling this growth is Max-Q. Max-Q is a system design approach that delivers high performance in thin and light gaming laptops. It has fundamentally changed how laptops are built. Our third generation Max-Q was introduced with the Ampere architecture. It includes Dynamic Boost 2.0. For the first time, Dynamic Boost uses AI to dynamically shift power between the GPU, CPU, and system memory, depending on where it is needed most. And most important, it shifts power away from where it isn't needed. Max-Q also features resizable bar, which enables more efficient memory access to boost performance while using no more power. And an updated whisper mode, which maintains high system performance while minimizing acoustics. Over twice the number of Max-Q models shipped this year, are shipping this year. 2021 will offer the thinnest, highest performance gaming laptops ever. And I've got mine right here. This has got an RTX 3070 high performance gaming laptop, thin and light. This follows a strong, this follows years of strong growth at over 20% Kager. Gaming laptops are outpacing the consumer laptop market and outselling the most popular game console. New students, gamers, and creators are clearly choosing gaming laptops for their next PC. And our gaming business is more than just playing. The creation of digital content is exploding. For the 45 million creators and growing, we launched NVIDIA Studio. NVIDIA Studio is our accelerated platform for creators, speeding up ray tracing and AI in over 60 creative and design applications, including Adobe Photoshop, DaVinci Resolve, and Blender. Studio includes monthly dedicated studio drivers that we release. They offer new features, faster performance, and enhanced stability for creative applications. Since the launch of Studio in 2019, there have been over 100 purpose-built Studio laptops and desktops from every major OEM. Our Ampere architecture takes NVIDIA Studio to the next level. Rendering is up to five times faster than Pascal. Video editors can now use AI to simplify workflows. Video encode times are reduced by up to 75%. RTX will change the way creators work. We estimate there are over 30 million streamers globally. On Twitch alone, the number of streamers more than doubled over the past year. In China, streamers are becoming a new e-commerce channel, selling gaming hardware direct to their followers, including GeForce RTX GPUs. Sharing your gameplay while streaming requires high-performance hardware. Many enthusiasts use two PCs, one to play and the other to broadcast. NVIDIA Broadcast paired with GeForce RTX solves that. 
Broadcast uses AI to eliminate background noise and to green screen your background. And the powerful video encoder in RTX is capable of streaming video without impacting your gameplay. NVIDIA Broadcast works seamlessly with all the popular streaming and video conference apps. It turns any room into a broadcast studio, and all you need is an RTX GPU. VR has long been viewed as the next thing for gaming. With the availability of lighter, more capable headsets, like Quest 2, Valve's Index, and HP's Reverb G2, along with compelling new games like Microsoft Flight Sim and VR, and Valve's Half-Life Alex, which drove a 71% increase in VR game sales on Steam, VR is coming into its own. It's reported that Facebook has over 10,000 people working on augmented and virtual reality, and as you heard today, NVIDIA is building the Omniverse, our portal, and a VR portal into a metaverse. VR headsets have twice the resolution of a desktop gaming monitor and demand very high, smooth frame rates. It's very unforgiving from a performance perspective. This requires a very high-performance GPU and provides more motivation for gamers to upgrade. There are expected to be over 30 million PC-capable VR headsets sold in the next five years. And from what you've heard today, that could be conservative. This past year, we officially launched GeForce Now. Ten years in the making, GeForce Now leverages our GeForce PC platform into a cloud gaming service. Gamers on underpowered PCs, Chromebooks, and mobile devices can effectively subscribe to a virtual GeForce PC in the cloud. And the PC ecosystem is coming along with us. Gaming stores and publishers like Valve, Epic, and Ubisoft see the opportunity that we see to reach billions more gamers. And we are not building it out alone. Our strategy is to team up with ISPs and telcos, or GFN alliance partners, around the world to offer GeForce Now to their subscribers. Alliance partners manage the infrastructure. We operate the service, and we share the revenue. This will become increasingly more powerful as 5G blankets the world. With the high-resolution, low-latency requirements of gaming, cloud gaming is the killer app for 5G. Today, GFN has passed 10 million registered users and offers 1,000 instantly playable games, with much more coming online every Thursday in our GFN Thursdays. Tune in and watch for that. GFN is offered in 27 countries, and today I'm excited to sit to announce that we are adding South America to the list for 2021, including our most re requested country, and one I'm most excited about, Brazil. Brazil is traditionally a low-end hardware gaming market, and they are going to love GFN. Brazil has 95 million gamers alone. 
Over time, I see GFN extending beyond gaming to all kinds of interactive experiences. This past Sundance Film Festival, GFN hosted Disney's interactive short, Baymax Dreams, as part of their New Frontiers Showcase. To wrap up gaming, we see a long runway for growth. RTX resets everything and will drive a major upgrade cycle. The entire PC ecosystem needs to upgrade, including 85% of our gaming install base. As the value of our platform grows, gamers are buying up. Laptop continues to offer a strong growth opportunity. Gaming laptops are outpacing the consumer laptop market. Max-Q makes laptops thinner and lighter, and new buyers are choosing gaming laptops. RTX and RTX laptops will power the 100 million and growing number of e-athletes, creators, streamers, and virtual reality adopters. Last, GeForce Now continues to scale up. The PC ecosystem is coming along with us. GeForce Now has, gives us the opportunity to extend our PC platform to billions more gamers. I want to thank you all for joining me and joining us on an analyst day. And with that, let me hand it over to Colette Kress. Good morning, everybody. Fiscal year 2021 was a record-breaking year for NVIDIA. We achieved record revenue in EPS, launched our Ampere architecture for both gaming and data center into incredible demand, completed the acquisition of Mellanox, and announced our transformative acquisition of ARM. Let's first look at some high-level highlights of our PL. Our fiscal year 2021 revenue increased 53% year-on-year to $16.7 billion, fueled primarily by the tremendous ramp of the Ampere architecture across our data center and gaming platforms. We grew our non-GAAP gross margins by 310 basis points as data center increased as a percentage of revenue. We also demonstrated strong operating leverage. Our non-GAAP operating income increased 82% year-on-year, and our non-GAAP EPS increased 73% year-on-year to $10 a share. Let's turn to the performance of our market platforms. Our gaming business grew 41% year-on-year to record $7.8 billion in fiscal year 21 with broad-based strength driven by growth in our desktop, notebook, and console businesses. We reinvented the graphics with the launch of our RTX 30 series GPUs, and the demand has been off the charts, resulting in the fastest launch in the company's history, twice as fast as Turing. Gaming revenue has seen a four-year compounded annual growth rate of 18%, driven by a combination of GPU unit and blended ASP growth. Unit growth has been driven by the expanding universe of gamers, our phenomenal success in growing gaming laptops, and strong demand of our console business. Blended ASP growth has been driven by the gamers buying up the stack as they adopt new features and capabilities like NVIDIA ray tracing and DLSS, as the production value of games continues to increase. Turning to pro visualization, our revenue declined 13% in fiscal year 21, 
to 1.1 billion, as we believe enterprises deferred purchases due to the pandemic. Despite these headwinds, we grew revenue at a four-year compounded annual growth rate of 6% as we benefited from the continued growth of a number of the GPU accelerated applications and as RTX technology gains broad industry adoption. Automotive revenue declined 23% year-on-year in fiscal 21 to 536 million due to lower global production volumes and the expected decline in infotainment revenue. We grew revenue to a four-year compounded annual growth rate of 2% as strong growth in our autonomous and AI cockpit solutions were largely offset by the declines in infotainment. Autonomous solution and AI cockpit are approaching two-thirds of our automotive revenue, and we expect mix to continue to shift to these businesses over time as substantial wins in these areas ramp in the coming years. Data Center had a record year with revenue increasing 124% year-on-year to $6.7 billion, including almost 70% growth for Data Center Compute. The A100, based on our Ampere architecture, delivers up to 20 times performance increase versus the prior generation, our largest generation leap ever. It delivers high utility driven by its unified architecture, allowing it to process number, numerous workloads, including training, inference, data analytics, and graphics. Its MIG technology allows the A100 to efficiently scale up for demanding training workloads and scale out for high volume inference use cases. These advances of the A100, combined with the forces of AI and cloud computing, drove strong demand in fiscal 21 across hyperscales and enterprise customers. From a workload perspective, we saw strength across training and inference as exponential increase in AI model complexity and compute requirements drove the demand for NVIDIA accelerated compute and networking products. Finally, Mellanox had an outstanding year with growth stemming from hyperscale supercomputing and AI customers. From a product perspective, Mellanox saw strength across Ethernet and InfiniBand offerings. In total, we have seen tremendous growth in data sets with a four-year compounded annual growth rate of 69%. AI is the most powerful technology force of our time, and we see a long runway of growth ahead of us. As you know, NVIDIA is a full-stack computing platform company spanning across silicon, systems, and software. So far, our software has largely been offered as part of the platform and not directly monetized on a standalone basis. Jensen earlier discussed our three-layer model of customer engagement, which conveys our go-to-market strategy as well as our growing revenue opportunity as we move up the stack to offer software commercially. This helps unlock large new market opportunities and will add reoccurring revenue to our P&L over time. Let me now highlight one such opportunity. We recently announced NVIDIA AI Enterprise, a comprehensive suite of enterprise-grade AI software that speeds development and deployment of AI workloads and simplifies management of an enterprise's AI infrastructure. Through our partnership with VMware, hundreds of thousands of vSphere customers will be able to purchase NVIDIA AI Enterprise with the same familiar pricing model 
that IT managers use to procure VMware infrastructure software. NVIDIA AI Enterprise software is offered in a perpetual license per CPU socket with annual maintenance. We also offer the software suite as a subscription. We believe the NVIDIA AI Enterprise software suite represents a multi-billion dollar opportunity. NVIDIA AI Enterprise combined with our EGX Enterprise platform is democratizing AI and helping to bring NVIDIA AI and accelerated computing to the world's largest industries. Our EGX platform is gaining rapid adoption as enterprise customers such as Lockheed Martin and Mass General Brigham. Additionally, we are supporting these systems with powerful processor roadmaps as shown with the launch of our A30 and A10 GPUs, our Arial A100 platform, and our Bluefield DPU roadmap. This powerful enterprise and edge computing platform positions NVIDIA for the next wave of AI adoption and will be driven by the vertical industries. Let me shift gears to our automotive opportunity. The NVIDIA Drive platform is seeing wide adoption across the transportation industry, which will create a significant software component. Today, Volvo Cars announced that it will build next-generation vehicles on NVIDIA DriveOne. This further extends our partnership with Volvo to now include more software-defined vehicles in its lineup beginning in 2023. Volvo joins other established OEMs such as Mercedes, Audi, and Hyundai, who are all developing on NVIDIA Drive. Additionally, a wide range of autonomous vehicle companies are developing on NVIDIA Drive, including many trucking and robotaxi companies. We have great momentum across new electric vehicle makers such as NEO, SAIC, XPeng, Lee Auto, Faraday Future, and others. These automakers not only are harnessing the new compute horsepower of our SOCs and GPUs, but also their incredible energy efficiency. Last year, we announced a landmark partnership with Mercedes-Benz, which will adopt NVIDIA's full-stack drive platform to enable their entire fleet of vehicles to be software-defined and perpetually upgradable. This deal was transformational in that in addition to the hardware, it includes a revenue share component for the software sales that Mercedes will make on their fleet of connected vehicles such as Autopilot. Vehicle owners will be able to purchase over-the-air software and service offerings to enhance the capabilities of their vehicles and increase the joy of driving. With software content, content potentially in thousands of dollars per vehicle, this could be a multi-billion revenue opportunity for both Mercedes and NVIDIA. Not only is this deal transformational to NVIDIA's business model, but for the auto industry as a large. There are 100 million cars sold each year globally, and over time, we believe all vehicles will be autonomous, software-defined, and upgradable. We see the potential of similar deals with other automakers. This large and growing list of wins across the transportation industry is set to ramp in the coming years and will drive a major inflection in our revenue. We have over 8 billion in automotive design wind pipeline through fiscal year 2027, with a good amount of this revenue expected to ramp in the latter part of this time frame. 
I talked earlier about the revenue growth that our data center and gaming market platforms experienced over the last few years. Over the past four years, our data center business has grown nearly three times the rate of the company's 25% compounded annual growth rate. This mixed shift has led to a favorable expansion of our gross margins, as our fastest growing business is also our highest margin business. Given the secular forces of AI and cloud computing, Combined with this rapid adoption of our computing and networking platforms, we believe this trend can persist. Additionally, the gross margin profile of our gaming GPU business has increased over time as gamers have bought up our stack, resulting in rising blended ASPs. We expect this trend to continue over the coming years as gamers upgrade to Ampere. RTX continues in its rapid pace of adoption and the overall production value of games continues to increase. Overall, our gross margin has increased from 59.2% in fiscal year 2017 to 65.6% in fiscal year 21. We continue to see uplift to our gross margin profile as our mix shifts to higher value platforms. Furthermore, software is a significant opportunity for NVIDIA. This revenue, as it scales, will provide an additional tailwind to gross margins. As discussed, our non-GAAP gross margins have increased 640 basis points over the past four years, and our non-GAAP operating margins have also increased at even a faster rate, growing from 32.1% in fiscal year 2017 to 40.8% in fiscal year 21. We delivered significant operating leverage even as we invested heavily across the market platforms to support the growth we have demonstrated over the years, and as we look to take advantage of the material opportunities that lie ahead of us. We have a single architecture across all of our platforms that forms the basis for our product offerings and innovations. Our one architecture approach provides us leverage and core IP to innovate across the entire technology stack from silicon systems and software to compute networking and storage technologies. We are able to rapidly develop new products and technologies, move quickly into new markets, and nurture a large and growing ecosystem of partners and developers innovating on our platform. This in turn fosters increased adoption of our platform and helps to drive revenue growth and our ability to invest. This flywheel of innovation is accelerating as seen by our incredible breadth and depth of products and technology, as found in the many new announcements discussed today. NVIDIA's unique business model allows us to innovate like no other company while driving attractive economic returns. Going forward, we believe we can continue to drive strong revenue growth while delivering earnings growth and healthy cash flow generation. On revenue and earnings growth over the past years, it has also re resulted in material increase to our cash flow generation, with cash flow from operations growing from $1.7 billion in fiscal year 2017 to $5.8 billion in fiscal year 2021, a 37% compounded annual growth rate. This increases our ability to invest for growth. Our capital expenditures have increased from approximately $200 million in fiscal year 2017 to $1.1 billion in fiscal year 2021. 
It has also allowed us to engage in transformational M&A, as seen with our purchase of Mellanox and the announced acquisition of ARM. We maintain a disciplined capital return policy with $5 billion returned to shareholders in the form of dividends and share repurchases since fiscal 2017. We remain committed to paying a dividend. We employ a conservative financial policy and have a healthy balance sheet with $11.6 billion in cash and marketable securities and $7 billion in debt. Overall, our business is highly cash generative, and we expect continued growth in our cash flow in the coming years. This will help fund our investments as we seek to take advantage of the growth opportunities across our business. We start our fiscal year with great momentum across our business. While fiscal Q1 is not yet complete, our Q1 total revenue is tracking above the $5.3 billion outlook provided during the fiscal Q4 earnings call. We are experiencing broad-based strength with all of our market platforms, driving upside to our initial outlook. Additionally, we now expect CMP revenue to be approximately $150 million higher than the $50 million included in our fiscal Q1 outlook. Upside to CMP is not displacing supply from our other platforms. It is incremental. Within data center, we have good visibility, and we expect another strong year. Industries have been increasingly using AI to improve their product and services. We expect this will lead to consumption of our platforms through CSPs, resulting in more purchases as we go through the year. Our EGX platform has strong momentum, and we expect this will drive increased revenue from enterprise and edge computing deployment in the second half of the year. Overall, demand remains very strong and continues to exceed supply, while our channel inventories remain quite lean. We expect demand to continue to exceed supply for much of this year. Our operations team is agile and executing fantastically and we expect our supply will increase as the year progresses. We believe we will have sufficient supply to support sequential growth beyond Q1. Finally, I want to discuss our commitment to ESG. NVIDIA is committed to build one of the world's great companies through people, innovation, and energy-efficient technology. This means not only doing what's good for business, but what's good for our employees, our business partners, society at large, and the environment. We have been recognized as one of the best places to work by a number of publications, including Forbes, Fortune, and Glassdoor. No time better highlighted our innovations than this past year when our technologies played an important role fighting the pandemic across a wide range of use cases. Our Clara platform helped with drug discovery efforts as humanity races to develop a vaccine, and other treatments. Our V100 and T4 GPUs help scientists create the first atomic-scale map of the Corona-19 virus. And our AGX platform helped keep healthcare and frontline workers safe with automated technologies that accomplish tasks without human invention. Finally, our RTX and virtual GPU technologies help the world work, learn, and play from home. We are also committed to investing in a safer environment. 
Our GPUs inherently provide more energy efficient form of computing, up to 42 times more efficient for processing AI workloads. The Green 500 list ranks the world's most energy efficient supercomputers in the world. NVIDIA's own Selene supercomputer ranks number one, the most energy efficient supercomputer in the world. And NVIDIA powers 26 of the most energy efficient systems in the world. Finally, we are committed to sourcing 65% of our total energy consumption from renewable sources by fiscal year 2025. That wraps up our presentations for today. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to our GTC and presentations, and we would like to now move to Q&A for this portion of our event. So I'm moving it back to you, Simona. Thank you very much, Colette. We will now begin the Q&A portion of our event with analysts who have joined us on Zoom. If you would like to ask a question, please select the raise hand button on Zoom. Please limit yourself to one question only. Our first question will come from John Pitzer from Credit Suisse. Please go ahead. Yeah, good morning, guys. Thanks for letting me ask the questions. Congratulations on the solid GTC and Annals Day. Gentlemen, I just want to talk a little bit about the Grace announcement and congratulations. I'm, I'm kind of curious, how added to the $100 billion data center TAN that you guys discussed a year ago do you see Grace? And as part of your presentation, you reiterated your commitment to x86 and ARM and actually mentioned multiple CPU players like Intel, AMD, Marvell, Graviton. How do you see the co-optation between your three-chip strategy and Grace specifically? and the ecosystem that you still want to support. Yeah, I'll work backwards. The uh, first of all, thanks for the question. We you know, the world's the world's computing is really diverse. I mean, there's so many segments of computing. And each one of them are are architected slightly differently uh for for good reasons. Some of them are optimized for single threaded performance, some of it is optimized for many cores, some of it is optimized for a strong IO performance, some of it you know, it's really optimized for large amounts of data. Uh, we designed Grace for, especially for a particular application that is a, a set of range of applications, if you will, that, that is really dedicated towards uh, giant data scale computing. You're working on, you're working on, um, you know, terabytes and terabytes of data uh, for a very long period of time. And recommender systems are part of this. Uh, natural language understanding models are part of this in the future. You're going to see multimodal uh, transformer models that that are learning from uh, from video and speech at the same time, or images and speech at the same time, um, and and these these are going to be processing just a gigantic amount of data. Uh, uh, healthcare processing a giant amount of data, and so so we're we're really we're really uh, designing Grace for this particular segment uh, for. For um, uh, with, with respect to co-opetition, we work very closely with AMD. Uh, as you know, they, they're uh, the CPU in our DGX. Uh, it's a fantastic CPU. We work with uh, Intel in in um, uh, enterprise data centers, uh, in uh, notebooks. We build amazing notebooks together. Um, uh, we work with uh, uh, Ampere Computing uh, in um, in cloud and cloud gaming and and uh, supercomputing, scientific computing. Uh, Mar Marvell at the edge, uh, MediaTek uh, for for um, uh, PCs and mobile devices, and and um, and so 
so, you know, the world, the world of computing is gigantic. And, and, um, uh, and the nature of our company is an open platform. You know, we, we're a platform company. And we use the word platform probably more than, than any chip company in the world. And, and, uh, and we, we do so, um, uh, purposefully and exactly that, that this is, this is really about, about, uh, building a platform by which, uh, the entire ecosystem can benefit. There, there is no sustainable growth that, that is not inclusive growth. Uh, there is no sustainable growth that doesn't include partners and, and, uh, uh collaborators and developers and, and ecosystems and such. And so, so we're delighted to, to, uh, partner with, with, uh, all of these great companies to, to build a future. So I appreciate that question. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jensen. Our next question will come from CJ Mews from Evercore. Please go ahead. Yeah, good afternoon. Good morning. Thank you for taking the question. I, I guess, Jensen, to follow up on, on John's question, I uh, was hoping you could speak a little bit more uh, around your R CPU strategy. Uh, you know, it looks like Grace uh, into 2023 appears to be high performance, high bandwidth using NVLink. Uh, but curious, as you look to 2025, Grace next, uh, as well as potentially a triplet strategy, you know, w what is your your ultimate aim here, looking over the next five ten years? Yeah, thanks, CJ. Um, well, first first of all, uh, Grace next. I'm I'm going to have to save that to, su to surprise you. Uh, you know, I, I hate to ruin your surprise, and there and there's so much stuff that we're working on. Uh, you know, our our strategy as a company, our our if you will, core philosophy as a company, are are really to do uh, things that that are uniquely um, uh, for Nvidia to do, and things that are are really really hard to do. Uh, that and, and I prefer things that take a long time to do, uh, and and, uh, uh, and 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 things that frankly nobody else in the world is doing. Uh, in every aspect of the the conversation that we had in the, in the keynote today, uh, you could you could see that that in everything, whether it's Omniverse. Uh, or uh, Grace, uh, or Bluefield 3, or Doka, uh, in, in everything. Uh, Morpheus, our, our new cybersecurity uh, uh, platform. Uh, all of these things uh, drive uh, everything. Uh, Hyperion 8, uh, the, the world doesn't have it. And, and that, that really needs to be the driving purpose of companies, to, to go solve problems that are incredibly hard, that are uniquely Specialized for for our capabilities and and that the world doesn't have, and so it is the, it is the nature of our company to go build CPUs that the world doesn't have, uh, build CPUs and build products that that um, can somehow expand the envelope, expand uh, the overall size of the marketplace for everybody. And so so it, it, we're going to continue to work with a whole bunch of uh, CPU partners and many of that I've mentioned and there are many many more that are building all kinds of 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 different specialized CPUs, and, and we'll build ours, uh, and, and of course support uh, everybody else with with the NVIDIA AI platform, the NVIDIA platform, so that we can bring forward this new method of computing we pioneered called accelerated computing. That's that is, if you will, the highest level bit, and everything else, everything else is really about expanding markets, expanding reach uh, in a way that other people can't. Thank you, Jensen. Our next question will come from Vivek Arya from Bank of America. Please go ahead. Uh, thank you, Simona, and uh, thanks for the question. Uh, appreciate the very informative analyst day. 
Uh, Jensen, I'm curious to get your strategy on the role that system and software and subscription sales will play uh, at NVIDIA over the next uh, several years because, you know, we, we think of NVIDIA uh, as, as, you know, more a semiconductor company, and obviously that, that's the key part of, of uh, the, the business. But then we also see you launch a number of uh, system uh, products, you know, a number of them on subscription-type services, whether it's in the data center or enterprise or gaming. You know, you're talking about uh, subscription sales on the enterprise side and on the automotive side. I'm curious, what is the strategy here? How big are those businesses for you today? Uh, how big can they be over time? And what impact will uh, they have on the financials of the company? Yeah, Vivek, thanks for the question. Um, the the driving purpose, the driving purpose for, for uh, uh, the, the full stack approach is to pioneer accelerated computing. You know, when you create a new form of computing that, that is brand new and it doesn't come, come along very often. And if you take a look at the modern way of doing computing, it's, it's running on CPUs and, and, uh, and then, and then, uh, of course, cloud computing came along, uh, largely running on many CPUs, turning an entire data center into a computer. And, and the approach that, that, that we pioneered is accelerated computing. Accelerated computing is very different than accelerators. You know, our GPUs have video encoders inside, video decoders inside. Those are accelerators. Uh, image processors are accelerators. Accelerated computing is a general purpose computing platform that is, that is somehow particularly good at a domain of work. And, and an accelerated computing platform uh, in a company who is an a computing platform company it is sensible about architecture compliance. It's sensible about backwards and forward compatibility. It's uh, thoughtful about creating an install base and uh, developing a, uh, developing a developers and ecosystems and networks of partners. And, and, and so the, the, our primary goal is to pioneer accelerated computing. Well, before you could do that, you, you really have to build a whole stack because the entire way of computing is refactored. We refactored computing from the application uh, to the, the algorithms, to the solvers, to the system software, all the way down to, to uh, the silicon, as you, you guys know well. And that's why we say NVIDIA is a full-stack company. We're a computing company that's a full-stack company because in the final analysis, it's essential to pioneer a new way of doing computing. Now, now the, way that the, the thing that we, we select, our approach, our strategy, uh, is to develop it in three layers, which is the three layers of computing. It's the hardware layer, the system software layer, the middleware layer, if you will. Um, uh, you know, operating systems are in that layer. Uh, um, uh, 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 VMware, for example, is in that in that layer. Uh, NVIDIA AI is in that layer. Okay, so th those are those are algorithms and solvers and uh, middleware that 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 connects, if you will, the application on top to the hardware on the bottom. And that transformation is very specific to accelerated computing. That transformation uh, is very very specific to uh, NVIDIA CUDA and our GPUs and our GPU architecture. And so, so the third and the third layer, of course, is applications. In the world of AI, in the world of AI, uh, the, the the invention we created underneath was DGX and Tensor Core GPUs and such. In the middle is this layer called called NVIDIA AI. And the upper layer would not be an application, but it would be a skill, be a task, you know, a skill that could perform a task. Uh, that task could be driving cars. That task could, could be um, uh, uh, recognizing speech and answering a, a, a question, a query. 
uh, that task could be responding to a recommendation. What movie do you recommend? Uh, for example, if I click a movie, what's the next one you recommend? Psalms recommend. Uh, groceries that, and, and, and um, you're recommending your cart. Um, and so, so these are all skills that are sitting on top. And so if I think about it, in the, if I answer your question as in the context of AI, then we have the chips on the bottom, we have NVIDIA AI in the middle, and we have the skills on top. The, each one of these layers, each one of the higher layers, uh, increases NVIDIA's opportunity by, by, a, by an order of magnitude. Uh, let me give you an example. There are 100 million cars sold a year, and look, look, that's the entire opportunity annually for chips, 100 million cars. However, those cars are driven 10 trillion miles. And so whatever, whatever numbers you use uh, for 100 million cars, uh, if we said $1,000, let's pick a random number for, for, for illustration, 100 million, um, $1,000, $100 billion opportunity. Yet uh, on, at the driving level, at the task of driving level, uh, 10 trillion miles a year, uh, if a dollar a mile is ten trillion dollars, and so so that kind of gives you a sense of the economics involved. Uh, in the in the middle in the middle the middleware, uh, you sell a chip once. Uh, that's the economics of, of selling chips. However, in the world of middleware, you have to continuously refine it, enhance it, uh, support the customers as they deliver their um, uh, their uh, uh, mission critical applications and services. And so there's a there's an ongoing uh, support agreement uh, that, that is in place uh, to uh, respond to customer needs and uh, bug fixes and feature enhancements and um, uh, maintaining long life and all of those things that are associated with, with, uh, uh, with enterprise software licensing. And they tend to live with uh, the GPU for uh, the, entire, the entire term of the use. And so, so we, we now have an econ economic model that is about uh, selling, of course, building building the most advanced and selling the best chips, uh, and the customers could very easily and and we're we're joy did they do uh, use our SDKs and our programming model to develop their entire stack on top, or they could use Nvidia's AI stack and Nvidia Omniverse and Nvidia a whole bunch of other things um, like Base Command and Fleet Command and vGPUs. They could develop their own, or they could license ours. Uh, with a with a maintenance fee that that uh, uh, for the the length of their usage of our GPUs, and then on top of that, uh, it's really skills and tasks, skills, uh, AI skills that perform tasks, and and um, uh, and they tend to be uh, per end user or per task or per instance, uh, and and I I could imagine a day, uh, uh, Vivek, where where um, uh, an AI is paid by the hour. Uh, just like just like a particular skill, uh, someone who performs a particular task uh, is paid by the hour. Uh, the AI, of course, will be paid by the hour, and and so that's that's kind of the economic funnel uh, of our company. And and um, uh, my my expectation is that over time, the layer that's on top will be the largest of all. Uh, but it's built on top of the next two layers. It's it's enabled by the next two layers. Um, uh, and, and, and then we'll, we'll uh, offer each one of the layers uh, open to the industry so that all of our partners could benefit from our knowledge and our skills and, and, and developing uh, the capability uh, and be able to build their own uh, if they like. Thank you. Our next question comes from Stacy Rasgon from Bernstein. Please go ahead with your question. 
Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my questions. Um, I have a question for uh, Colette. Um, the uplift in outlook for the current quarter, given you suggested you are still supply constrained, is it proper to take that almost purely as a function of better than expected um, increased supply from the last uh, earnings call until now? Um, and I guess if, if that's true, can, I, can we take that pace of supply increase as sort of a likely indicator of the likely a continued pace of supply increase as we go through the year? And then finally, I guess given that, um, do you expect supply to improve similar uh, in, in all the businesses and, and hence um, do you expect all of your business segments to be growing sequentially through the rest of the year? Sure. Let me uh, let me see if I can answer your uh, question, Stacey, here. Uh, so, yes, we are planning on being higher uh, than where we uh, set out at the very beginning of the quarter with our overall guidance. Um, as we discussed, even at earnings uh, last quarter, uh, we will see supply continue to increase uh, throughout this quarter as well as throughout the year. So it's really a statement of uh, the supply at the right time for the demand that we're seeing uh, today. And we'll continue to work that all year long. Our operations team is very, very focused, not only on just what we need for chips, but completing all of our platforms as a whole. So what we're able to do is seek new uh, supply is going to be coming in every single quarter, and that is aiding us as we look in terms of the growth for the rest of the year. As we talked about um, on our prepared remarks, uh, we talked about uh, really seeing growth even past overall Q1, as we do expect supply to be here for the full year. Thank you. Our next question is from Matt Ramsey from Callan. Please go ahead with your question. Yes, thank you very much, and uh, thanks for the presentations. Um, Jensen, I wanted to ask a question on your auto business, and it kind of dovetails in with, with the three-layer strategy that you described a second ago. I think you guys talked about a, an $8 billion pipeline through fiscal 27, and I wanted to explore that a little bit. I would think you should be getting visibility at now or sometime soon to hardware sales into some of these OEM platforms. So maybe you could walk me through and break down that $8 billion pipeline a little bit between um, confirmed uh, hardware sales, maybe software and services sales, and then what you guys are doing with Constellation and some of the simulation services. That would be helpful. Thank you. Yeah, uh, uh, we we cut it off in 2017 for for um, fiscal 2017, uh, I, I guess for arbitrary reason. Uh, the the design wins of cars tend to last a very long time, and and the architecture selection will tend to last probably even longer. Um, the, the car industry, you know, thinks in architectures that are, that are uh, thinks about architecture in, in a decade way. Um, but what, what, is, what is new to the automotive industry is that these computers, and this is very new, this is, this is something that is unique to the car industry that, that is, is unlike any computing platform in the world, that the computers that you launch these computers on wheels, these data center on wheels, are going to last into in, in the marketplace for a couple of decades, 15 to 20 years. An electric car is going to last a long time. And and so the, the and and with with the with the industry starting to think like a technology industry, and recognizing that these cars are not just vehicles that they sold, 
but they're now part of their install base, that they're part of their fleet, that the install base, if programmable, could offer them a couple of decades of, of service offering opportunities. They're starting to think like like um, uh, cable providers, infrastructure providers, um, you know, cable set-top box providers. Uh, uh, they're starting to think like that, phone providers. Uh, that, that these and these these the install base belongs to them. They made the effort to create the the cars and and the install base is 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 a proprietary to them. And they they uh, uh, so they have to think along those lines. If you if you look beyond 2017, uh, the answer yes, we, you know the, the the pipeline goes much deeper than that. But we simply cut it off in 2017 and. And I think the plan is that we would come come back every year and give you guys an update, um, you know, every single year, and 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 um, uh, and hopefully uh, that pipeline continues to grow, um, because it because it's growing kind of back end loaded. Um, you, you should, you know, my expectation is that that we should see see our auto business grow quite fast, our pipeline uh, grow quite fast um, uh, for some time to come. This is this is really one of the largest industries in the world. We've been by the time that we ship, we would have been investing for a decade. Uh, the the arsenal of technology that we're bringing to bear uh, to enable this industry, uh, both for our own service, uh, but also creating platform platforms for uh, the rest of the industry, uh, is really quite 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 significant, and leverages basically all of the might of our company, and and uh, we've been focused on it for for. Uh, uh, you know, coming up on seven years, and so, so I, I think this is this is a, a really exciting opportunity for us. You, you're right that that we can benefit um, from top to bottom and and end to end. Top to bottom meaning, in the case that we could offer the full service and, and operate it with our partners, uh, we'll, we'll get the benefit of the service. Uh, in the case that a car company would like to provide their own service and they feel that they could develop their own stack. Um, uh, we we uh, we sell them a great chip, and these chips are getting more and more powerful because they would like uh, that fleet to be programmable, richly programmable, uh, for for uh, valued services for decades to come. And so they want to put as much technology into it up front uh, as as possible, and uh, uh, end to end in the sense that we have we have um, Hyperion 8, which is a reference uh, car computer. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it, I think the I think it will prove to be quite profound uh, in the in the in its ability to uh, positively impact the the ecosystem and make things go you know allow people to accelerate their developments just like the PC ATX motherboard did, uh, which was was a profound deeply profound innovation. Um, uh, and then um, uh, DGX for training uh, models, uh, constellation for simulation. Omniverse for simulation, uh, all the way to, of course, uh, uh, our, our drive computers that go into the cars, and and we we also announced that that the same computer, uh, the same architecture could be used uh, for driving AV, but also for in-car AI, and now integrating four computers into one. This is a very big deal. What used to be multiple ECUs that are sprinkled all over the all over the car. Really needs to get unified so that the car could become software defined, and and um, it needs to have something that is that is like a data center. Uh, it's virtualized, software defined, but fully offloaded and accelerated, like the things that we talk about in data centers. 
Uh, and so, so it will be architected like a data center. It will be built like a data center. Uh, it will be operated like a data center. And uh, as a result, the car will be software deployed. And so we, we have a lot of different ways to, to engage the car industry. Uh, we've been talking about the car business for quite a long time. You guys heard me talk about it now for probably about five years. And um, uh, Oren, the, the generation coming up, Oren, uh, is just a, it's a, it's a complete home run. And um, because we stuck, we stuck with it, we stuck with what we believed in, and it turned out to be right that the, the car uh, industry really needs to be a technology industry, that the car is not just a car anymore, but it's a, it's a, it's a car within an installed base, a fleet. That fleet is going to be managed like a data center, software-defined. And when you manage that fleet and you grow that installed base, it's going to create an, a gigantic um, uh, install base of future value creation for the car makers. And I think all of these pieces are really coming together. Thank you. Our next question. Oh, go ahead. Let me see if I can more uh, to that. Um, so as discussed, we've been uh, probably more than seven years in the making to get this point, and we're talking about our pipeline going forward. That six years to 2027, uh, 2027 is last year that we provided there. It is providing uh, for the established OEMs, our uh, electrical vehicles, our trucking, our robo-taxi, um, and we probably expect to see a revenue inflection point somewhere in the time frame of calendar 2023 and 2024. But to your earlier comment regarding other types of things that we may provide to them in terms of our staff, helping them in the data center, helping them in the uh, overall development process. Again, that's in our data center revenue. So this pipeline out to 2027 is really just about our automotive revenue. Thank you. Our next question comes from Tim Arturi at UBS. Please go ahead with your question. Hi, thanks. Um, I also had a question on the GRACE roadmap and sort of how or even if you sort of democratize that. Um, you know, when you sort of think about that roadmap, is it sort of decoupled in any way or, you know, monetized separately? I mean, you know, certainly the propensity is to prioritize for your own roadmap, but I'm wondering sort of how you thread that needle, Jensen. And then I guess, Colette, is it maybe reasonable to just take the entire $25 billion server TAM server CPU TAM and just tack that onto the $100 billion by 2024 TAM for the company that you gave last analyst meeting? Thanks. Uh, we're we're going to offer offer CPUs and technology to our to our um, uh, our ecosystem partners in the form that best suits them. Uh, today, today we we put our GPUs into SXM modules that are then uh, put into a a uh, by four or by eight uh, uh, HGX uh, a carrier board GPU board. Uh, we also sell our GPUs individually so that they could build their bespoke um, servers. A, a lot of there are a lot of different configurations of GPU servers that are available now. Uh, in, in the case of the EGX launch, we worked with. Uh, 15 of the world's largest computer makers uh, to build 55 different configurations. There will be more coming, and and so you could see how many different configurations of servers that that you know um, one use and two use and three use and four use and 
uh, blades and, and otherwise, um, uh, liquid cool and HPC versions. And, you know, there's just all kinds of different configurations of servers. And, and so we'll, we'll offer uh, Grace uh, as an integrated part of our uh, uh, DGX. Uh, we'll offer Grace uh, separately to OEMs. Um, and, and then when the deal closes, we'll continue to license uh, ARM to to uh, openly to the entire industry because there's so many different versions of CPUs that could get built, and we would love to have every single version built. And and uh, uh, and to us, we we can add the NVIDIA architecture to it, uh, whether it's our CPU or somebody else's CPU. So long as the market is being created, we could add the NVIDIA architecture to it, uh, the GPU. Uh, the DPU, CUDA, DOCA, NVIDIA AI, NVIDIA Omniverse, um, all of our AI stacks on top and the AI skills on top. L- look, our, our economics are just so much, so much broader, so much richer and so much larger when we have more people around the world and the ecosystem uh, supporting our architecture. So that's, that I, I think is the, the, the most significant bit. And then everything else, uh, uh, you know, we want to create uh, uh, products that the world doesn't have that in- expands our TAM, that expands the market's TAM, uh, and uh, uh, and then after that, support the customers as, as best they they would like to be supported. Yeah. So Tim, regarding your uh, question that you asked regarding um, how to look at this opportunity go for going forward, so uh, Grace is definitely for um, our giant. HPC and AI use cases, uh, which is probably a niche of the overall market as a whole. And when we think about our TAM opportunity going forward, it is um, breadth and depth growth um, from a lot of things that you've seen us talk about today. Uh, We've talked about incorporating uh, grace inside many of our different systems that we would have. So, of course, it's an opportunity. Uh, but very hard to um, overall determine that size at this time. Thank you. Our next question will come from Aaron Raker from Wells Fargo. Please go ahead with your question. Yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, Great presentations today, and congrats on the product announcements. Uh, Colette, I wanted to ask you about the commentary around data center. You, You use the term again, good visibility. So I'm curious of how you would characterize the visibility today relative to what it was, let's say, a year ago when you started to see kind of the, the strength emerge in data center. And, and, and also on top of that, when do we think about the DPUs, the Bluefield products, starting to become a material incremental driver to the company? Thank you. Sure. So let's let's first start with um, a year ago. Again, still a quite different um, uh, business at that time versus what we're seeing today. So we have um, incorporated Mellanox uh, into our overall stack. Uh, we continue to work on building products across overall Mellanox as well as full systems in terms of the work that we're doing. Uh, we started off many years ago focused on hyperscales. Hyperscales moved to cloud instances. But as you can see, we're just touching that opportunity for enterprise and enterprise for the edge. What this does is there's just a meaningful amount of opportunities in many different facets uh, for us to grow the overall data center. So our um, overall visibility is good, um, and we look at it as a opportunity to expand our types of customers through many different uh, views. 
in terms of your hyper-trails, also working with OEMs and enterprises to hold that. Therefore, we consider this uh, to be a vast opportunity in front of us, and we feel good about the growth uh, that we will likely see uh, throughout this fiscal year. Thank you. Our next question comes from Brett Simpson from Arete. Please go ahead with your question. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, I had a question on the software and services strategy, uh, Jensen. So you you laid out the business model for Drive with the Mercedes agreement. Um, can you share with us how NVIDIA might monetize your other AI software stacks as they come out of beta? So things like Jarvis and Omniverse, I think you touched on those, but just curious as to how we should think about the monetization and the, the timeline around that ramping up. And, and then just on the cloud side of things, um, do you see NVIDIA more as a competitor to the public cloud players in AI where you host services directly? Or would you expect the hyperscalers to also license these software stacks you're presenting today? Thanks. Uh, I'll go backwards. The, um, uh, all, of our, all of our stacks are cloud native. Everything from Omniverse to, uh, of course, GeForce Now to Clara to Jarvis to Metropolis to, uh, they're all cloud native. Uh, Magazine to Merlin to, and they're used by the cloud service providers. Uh, we, we've announced already many, many uh, instances where the cloud service providers are using our uh, libraries uh, to, prov to provision their own services to deliver higher throughput. And so, so we run everything cloud native. Uh, where we can offer unique uh, value added uh, is is embedded and at the edge and on prem, uh, where where someone needs state of the art models that needs to be that are trained incredibly well. That's why they call pre trained, and that that um, is treated like a production model, not like a demo. Uh, that will have a company with the dedication to continuously improve it for as long as they shall live, and to to um, uh, provide a suite, uh, as I mentioned, I, we provide some fundamental suites from sight um, uh, to uh, language, to speech, to understanding, so on, animation, so on, um, uh, to uh, a, a, a tools that allows you to customize it and adapt it to your own domains, and then run it basically anywhere. You could run it in any cloud. You could run it on-prem. You could run it in a robotic system. You could run it in your car. One architecture that spans it all, and and so the the way that the way that um, uh, we'll we'll uh, offer offer these uh, will will largely be embedded software, and so think of it think of it much more as uh, intellectual property that will be embedded into systems, and um, uh, and so that those are the skills. Now now some skills uh, you have to operate. There's no other way to do it but operate it. In those cases, in those cases, uh, we'll we'll have a, a slightly different model. For example, in the case of Mercedes-Benz, we'll have to operate that service for for basically decades, and uh, and so we'll we'll, we'll uh, create a a, um, uh, a sharing business model uh, like we've described with Mercedes-Benz. And um, uh, in the case of Omniverse, uh, it'll be licensed. It'll be licensed. Um, uh, as a server, think of it as a server. There's a server and then there's a user component to it. Uh, for communities and, and individual users, uh, it'll be free. 
it's already it's already in, in open beta uh, or it's already available and people are using it all over the world doing amazing things and so for researchers for people who are individuals for people who are uh, playing with it it's all it's all free for for people who are who are utilizing it to operate a service operate for example a digital factory um, we're operating a, a, a large-scale 5G network um, that, that's simulating and op optimizing in real time. Uh, those those have a server component to it uh, and then a, um, uh, a, um, a per-user component to it. And um, so each one, each one of those software licensing, uh, there, there's no one, one model that, that kind of cuts across everything. It just depends, you know, and, and, and you should always come at it from first principles. Uh, what what is uh, the best way to deliver the value to the customers? Um, but but we care deeply about the software in our company, and um, uh, and uh, we're going to continue to to innovate in this in this area. So the, the, the business opportunity is quite large. Thank you. Our next question will come from Will Stein from Truist. Please go ahead with your question. Great. Thank you very much for taking my question. Um, Jensen, congratulations on the, all the exciting announcements today. Um, a few years ago, you surprised us with a strong entry into the interface category, uh, pardon me, the, inter the inference category, one that you previously hadn't played uh, as strongly on with the uh, announcement of the T4 chip. Today, you've discussed uh, this uh, Triton inference server. Um, I was uh, expecting perhaps an announcement bringing T4 uh, up to the uh, current Ampere architecture. Is that essentially what this announcement's about, or is it much more or different? Any explanation would be helpful. Thank you. Yeah, Will, thanks a lot for that. Uh, I should have been more clear. The the um, uh, So first of all, a, a comment about inference. You know, people who guesses the most, which is what inferencing is, guessing, you know, very informed guessing, making predictions, People who guess the most frequently learn the most, and so, so I, I think inferencing has always been very core to our to our strategy, and we've always believed it to be very hard, and it's proven to be way harder than that. And so, so I I think um, inference is, is just such a great opportunity, and 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 we love it because we like we like hard things we that when when achieved uh, could make a real impact. Uh, Triton is a inference server. It runs at data center scales, and uh, there are so many people using it. Uh, it, it, is, it supports CPUs and GPUs, and it supports every generation of our GPU. And so if you imagine a hyperscale data center, data center, it's got all kinds of computer chips inside. And this is the only inference server that's optimized for all of them. You know, basically there's two types, and that covers 99%, which is x86 CPUs and... Um, uh, and uh, and uh, NVIDIA GPUs that goes all the way back to Kepler, and so there, there's there's six generations of GPUs and all the different versions of them, and we support every single one, and, and it's optimized for every one of them. We'll support them for as long as we shall live, and that's the that's the advantage of, of Triton. It's also open source, so that so that the uh, CSPs could um, uh, make bespoke versions and derivatives from it that they like, and so we're seeing incredible success with Triton. The version of T4. That's based on Ampere. Uh, we announced uh, at GTC. It's called A30. A30 is our brand new GPU that is designed for, uh, if you will, mainstream use, and um, uh, it's designed for enterprise servers, cloud computers, 
Uh, and um, uh, we're super excited about A30. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it's derived from A100, of course, and, um, uh, and uh, it's, not a, it's not as powerful, but it's much more, it's more uh, it fits into a much lower energy or power envelope uh, so that you can deploy it very broadly. Okay, so, so the inference, Triton, and um, A30 is the mainstream version of T. Thank you. Our next question comes from Blaine Curtis from Barclays. Please go ahead with your question. Hey, thanks for taking my question and thanks for the day. Just uh, following back on a question on Bluefield, you announced last uh, GTC, Bluefield 2, just wondering if you could provide any clarity or color as to the traction you've gotten over the last year. Um, I don't think you've ever broken out how big that is, but any color on the roadmap uh, and the traction with Bluefield 2 would be great. Bluefield 2 uh, is a programmable device, and, um, uh, and, and, and it needs uh, a rich software stack on top of it, just as uh, our GPUs need a CUDA in order for it to be useful. And on top of CUDA, they need a whole bunch of other libraries. We call it CUDA X libraries, acceleration libraries. Uh, all of that has been put together in the case of Bluefield called Doka 1.0, and we just released it. We just released the software. So now Doka 1.0 and Bluefield 2 are ready for production. Bluefield 3 is right behind its heels. And, and you could tell, you could tell how excited I am about this area because, uh, very simple, very simplistically, uh, a, a data center is becoming software defined, which, what, and you know that well, but, but uh, what that means for everybody is that it takes networking, storage, virtualization, and now really, really importantly, cybersecurity, and it puts it in software. It runs on the CPU. The software-defined data center stack is now overloading the CPU, not to mention it's weird to have the control plane, the security plane, agents all running, you know, commingled with the application, uh, which, which could be the intruder. And so the, the right answer really is to isolate it. That's very, very clear, and everybody agrees with that, to isolate that, offload that, and very importantly, accelerate the workload so that you could take it off of the CPUs, which is ultimately what the data center is for, to host applications. And, and one of the things that we, we, uh, we, we, we prove is that um, we've demonstrated is that Bluefield uh, offloads and accelerates and isolates and, and it frees back, you know, a third of the CPU cores. And it's going to grow. And the reason for that is because of zero trust security models where every single transaction is going to be monitored. And so, so, um, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about this new, new, uh, uh, new strategy. Bluefield 2 is really the world's first version of it. And, um, uh, Doka 1.0 is the first version of it. And, um, uh, and, and so we're, we're in the process of building that. Uh, we have developed dev kits out to all the major companies in the world. You could just imagine, and you saw the IT companies that are all part of uh, part of the the um, uh, part of our launch, and uh, uh, and and so so uh, uh, you know I, I think this is going to be this is going to be a giant giant uh, uh, business. I here, here here's my prediction, and, and I predicted this. I made a prediction about 20 years ago that that every single computer will have GPU in it, and and it came true. Um, and uh, I, I predict that every single data center will have will have um, uh, devices uh, like computing platforms like Bluefield that we call data center infrastructure processing uh, platforms uh, 
that that um, uh, every single data center, every single computer will have a Bluefield-like device uh, in the future. And um, I think it will take less than five years uh, because of the importance of cybersecurity uh, that is top of mind to everybody today. Thank you. Our next question comes from Harlan Sir from J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead with your question. Good morning and exciting to be here for another GTC. And it's actually great to see the NVIDIA accelerated compute architecture and ecosystem move into new opportunities like 5G. Now, as we all know, the move to 5G opens up the opportunity for broadband wireless connectivity to more than just smartphones. So is EGX with the Aerial A100 platform in trial or planning to be trialed by any of these large telco or greenfield networks with the cloud-native open RAN or virtual RAN architectures soon? And how big is this opportunity for NVIDIA over the next three to five years? Yeah, I, um, I, I'm excited. I'm just about ex as excited you could imagine about 5G. And the reason for that is because of particularly private 5G. I think commercial 5G, consumer 5G is really fantastic, and it will, it will incrementally and over time uh, increase the capacity um, of broadband uh, and, and, very importantly, uh, continue to drive down cost of broadband because, uh, you know, what, what goes along with a lot of, of capacity uh, is the decrease in cost. And so, so I, I think, I think co consumer commercial 5G is really fantastic. But what's brand new is private 5G, all these all these spectrums that, that companies could could license uh, to operate a wireless network that is secure and private uh, in in uh, in farms and and entire entire factories and and you know as you know these factories are gigantic the vast majority of the earth uh, livable space is covered by farms and infrastructure. And finally, we have the networking uh, available to uh, to uh, uh, deliver computation services out to the edge. And the computation service that I think is 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 most exciting is sensors connected to AI applications, AI skills uh, that are that are uh, monitoring and predicting, uh, making sense of the world. And 5G makes that possible. You could you could uh, install all kinds of cameras now with 5G. Little tiny 5G modem uh, that is that is a uh, 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 light in data rate, light low in power, very low cost, and you could just spring up cameras and sensors of all kinds all over the place. As soon as you you uh, you connect it, you put it up, uh, connected to power, it's, it's uh, uh, on the network. And so the ability to to outfit infrastructures, factories, farms, roads, cities uh, is is so much easier with 5G. So I think I think that. At, at the foundational la layer, 5G is the big catalyst <clears throat> for enabling industrial AI to really get out to the edge. The second thing is, is uh, we need a data. We need it to be software defined, just like modern data centers are. You want it to be software defined. If you can make it software defined, uh, it, it is it is orchestratable. Uh, it is uh, uh, you can disaggregate it, so you could meaning you could put computing power, um, shift it from place to place across the network. Uh, to uh, uh, focus the computation on where the, the workload is. Uh, and all of that is, is possible if you make it software defined. And, and what NVIDIA has done with the Aerial 5G and A100, there are features in it that, that enables uh, a much better 5G. And then with the Bluefield, 
uh, we made it possible to deliver uh, a whole 5G base station uh, inside a you know, standard uh, enterprise server. And it's a state-of-the-art 5G base station. It's 20 gigahertz. It you know, supports up to 900 mega, 100 megahertz, 64 by 64 uh, massive MIMO radios. And, and um, uh, so, so this, is, this is an amazing uh, 5G base station. Uh, you saw the announcement of all the partners who are working with us, and we're all racing to get, get um, the full stack out there. So, uh, Fujitsu's working with us. Uh, Mavenier's working with us. Ericsson's working with us, of course, as, as we've announced. And, and many, many more uh, will come. And, and the reason for that is because they need a programmable software-defined 5G base station uh, that is connected to the AI edge. And that's what EGX is all about. Thank you. And our last question will come from Atif Malik from City. Please go ahead. Thank you for taking my question, squeezing me in. Uh, Colette, uh, in your updated Q1 guidance, is gaming uh, still the biggest uh, sequential uh, driver? Uh, and then um, when you, uh, when you uh, spoke about EGX is gaining rapid adoption, uh, when do you expect to recognize software revenues from the NVIDIA AI into enterprise uh, license model? Thank you. Yeah, so thanks for the question uh, regarding our outlook for the quarter. Um, uh, gaming will still be a material part of our growth uh, from uh, Q4 to Q1, and uh, that is definitely expected. So from looking uh, additionally on your uh, software opportunities and time, uh, there's many different ways that we've talked about today in terms of how we will uh, monetize the overall software. Uh, many different uh, ways, including uh, incorporating in OEMs uh, to our channel, through our enterprise channel, through um, also looking at it as part of our platform. And then keep in mind there's still an opportunity with automotive going forward, uh, working directly with those OEMs and purchasing it overall separately. So over time, we believe this will continue to grow. Um, as it is incorporated, of course, in many of our platforms today, but looking at it as a separate offering is new and something that we'll see um, over the opportunities going forward. We'll see if Jensen wants to add any more color on that. No, I thought, I thought it was great, Colette. That was great. Thank you. This is all the time we have for Q&A today. I will now turn the call back over to Jensen for closing comments. Thank you, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed GTC. It was, it was a, it, it's, you know, it's, it's the endeavor of multiple years of, of uh, uh, development inside the company. Uh, some of it uh, we developed in plain sight, and um, uh, with a vision to pull it together in, in, in just this way uh, today. Uh, it, it is the hard work and, and the genius of, of uh, a couple of twenty thousand employees at Nvidia. And uh, I am so grateful for everything that they've done and uh, worked so hard and, and so diligently towards this vision. Uh, there, the strategies that we announced today, the products that we announced, and the partnerships that we announced, uh, the new markets that we announced, are, are, are all targeting and focusing and, and enabling uh, the forces that are shaping uh, our industry. And we, we spoke about accelerated computing. And um, uh, 
and the and the groundbreaking work that we're doing in in healthcare and uh, even quantum computing. Uh, we we spoke a lot about AI. AI is not just algorithms. AI is a fundamental way of doing software, and uh, it, it's transformed computing completely. And I used uh, self-driving cars as an example uh, to illustrate uh, how AI and machine learning uh, changes how you should think about developing software, and as a result, uh, even profoundly changes how you think about your products. Uh, what used to be a car is now part of an install base. Um, and uh, uh, we talked about uh, data center, how the entire data center is going to be programmed like one computer. W- what a miracle it is that that um, technology has reached a point where it's possible for one software engineer to write an application that scales across hundreds of thousands of servers. It's a, it's a shocking realization. And um, networking technology made it possible. It is what's driving Mellanox's high-speed and low-latency networking. Uh, it transformed uh, how data centers ought to be architected, software-defined data centers. Uh, and made possible a brand new type of computing platform where the computing is done in the fabric, otherwise otherwise known as data center infrastructure. Uh, the data center is now a new unit of, of computing, and it has profound implications on, on how we architect data centers uh, going forward, not just in the data center proper as we see it, uh, but remember, everything's going to be a data center. 5G base station is going to be a data center. The car is going to be a data center on wheels. They're going to be architected the same way. And um, it will be highly secure in the same way. They'll be, they'll be able to orchestrate these computers in the same way. You use very similar approaches. Um, 5G. Incredibly excited about uh, the, the, the convergence of um, uh, 5G and AI. And so now we can deliver AI on 5G. Uh, what, what a, what a, what a transformative time it is for the industries. Uh, we, used, we used transportation as a great easy example. Um, and notice, notice how, how it's possible to uh, apply the combinations of technologies I've mentioned uh, to turn your automotive fleet into your install base. Uh, and they think like cable uh, network providers. You could think like uh, smartphone network providers, uh, basically like network providers. Uh, 5G uh, and with AI on 5G running on EGX, we would like to do that for the entire industry, for every industry, for healthcare, for warehouse, for logistics, where companies and enterprises uh, in these industries uh, could could um, uh, reinvent their business models and their products and services and, um, uh, and enjoy their smartphone moment. Uh, for every comp- for every industry to become a technology industry, from agriculture to warehouses, and then lastly, uh, the, the ultimate form of AI, if you will, is autonomous systems. And remember that autonomous systems, in, in our imagination, is not just uh, physical autonomous systems, but there are going to be virtual autonomous systems. Uh, there will probably be a million times more robots inside virtual worlds than there are in physical worlds, and there are going to be tons of uh, robots that are autonomous uh, someday. Self-driving cars, of course, is the first example of them, but that's just the first example. And and we have we have the AI technology uh, that are being developed, and we have machine learning practices and skills, and uh, all of the things that we're doing will lead up to uh, be able to deploy 
uh, robotics into the physical world. Uh, but they will have digital twins, and those digital twins will help them learn. And those di- digital twins will uh, will be synchronized uh, to the the physical versions, and they'll be they'll exist in another another virtual world that is physically and and uh, photorealistically like ours. Uh, it behaves like ours, and so it, but it's completely simulated. And this virtual world and these digital twins. Uh, will make up some of the industrial metaverse that people uh, have been talking about, particularly for for um, uh, for consumer applications. But the physical version, of the industrial version of them, uh, will be will be called uh, digital twins, and uh, uh, and it's going to enable uh, robots to learn how to be robots and work with each other and simulate factories and and the work that we did with BMW hopefully activated uh, some of your imagination there. But there is so much more. There are, there are just powerful forces shaping and reshaping industries, and we're excited to be part of them. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us today in, in our keynote and also our analyst meeting to, to uh, hear us talk about uh, the work that we do that we're so passionate about. And uh, with that, I wish you all well and uh, stay healthy.